This is a Reconstructionist radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu to download or purchase this book. The Philosophy of the Christian Curriculum, Russus J. Rushtuni, Ross House Books, Vallecito, California. Part 2 Chapter 12 Foreign Languages the Ohio minimum standards give us in brief a philosophy of humanism with reference to foreign language study. Learning a foreign language at the elementary school level contributes significantly to the development of the pupil's potential talents and interests through broadening concepts of language and increasing the ability to communicate. It helps to create a better appreciation of life in other culture and linguistic environments, enabling the learner to participate more effectively in a modern democratic society which maintains extensive political, economic, and cultural relationships with peoples of many languages and cultures. This is a good statement of the humanistic approach. The focal point is man and society. Foreign languages are set forth as advantageous from a humanistic perspective. Foreign language study, however, has been declining in importance for some years, and the reason for it is the development of humanism into its pragmatic and existential forms. The modern humanist is not concerned with Greek humanism, nor with the Enlightenment. The newer humanism focuses on the moment, on here and now. As a result, more and more young simply declare, I don't need a foreign language. In practical modern terms, they are usually right. How, then, shall we justify the study of foreign languages? Shall we study Latin because it is so important to the development of English? We would have to say, then, that Anglo-Saxon and Middle English are equally, if not more, deserving of study, while giving the nod to Latin for its historical role. Shall we study French because it was for a long era the language of diplomacy and international affairs? This was even more true of Greek, especially under Byzantine rule, for at least 800 years. German is the language of scholarship, but not to the degree that English is. A humanistic rationale for languages faces problems. First, the older, classical tradition held that certain foreign languages are basic to the life of culture. This rationale is not ours. Second, the newer humanism sees only one need, a contemporary one, and seeks justification only in terms of the present. There is, however, a third factor. Humanism has stressed those languages which are basic to the history of humanism, classical Greek, Latin, French, German, and now Russian and Chinese, and with some Spanish. All these languages are a part of the mainstream of humanistic efforts and dreams. A religious thread holds them together, the humanistic faith. As we think about foreign languages, we too must think religiously. This means, first of all, that for us primacy must be given to the biblical languages Hebrew and Greek. Early colonial education stressed these two, and able five-year-olds were not infrequently taught both. The more important point is that the Puritans were educating their children for life in a Christian commonwealth under God. They felt, accordingly, that the most basic knowledge is of the Word of God, and of every area of life viewed in terms of God's Word. The study of Scripture was thus basic to all education for all men. For those with greater aptitudes, the biblical languages were a necessity. Classical humanism insisted on the need for Latin and classical Greek. Modern humanism tends to view foreign languages pragmatically and usually as peripheral. Christian education will see Hebrew and New Testament Greek as basic. It is worthy of note that some Christian high schools are considering instruction in them. Second, even as Adam was called to exercise dominion and subdue the earth, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, redeemed man is sent into all the world with the same commission under Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. This requires Christian man to acquire eminence and dominion in every realm and to be an imperialist in Christ, asserting the crown rights of Christ the King in every area, 
as against nationalistic or internationalistic forms of imperialism. It should not surprise us, therefore, that the study of foreign languages has never been even remotely equal to that within Christendom among non-Christian peoples. Christianity has fostered foreign language study because Christianity sees its necessary commission to all the world. Thus it is not only Greek and Hebrew, but all modern foreign languages which interest Christians. Christian schools, on the whole, stress foreign language study more than do the public schools. But this is not all. The most outstanding work in linguistics unrivaled by any university or graduate school is done by the Wycliffe Bible Translators. In no other field are Christians more clearly in the forefront than in linguistics. Christians are the only true internationalists because their tie to other peoples is grounded in the Creator and Redeemer of all. Third, our faith as Christians is unique in the emphasis it places on language as the vehicle and means of God's revelation, and also because it tells us of the origin of diverse languages in the curse at Babel. Over the centuries, various languages have played their part as the language of international affairs, but it must be said that nothing has done more to bring about a common language than the Bible. The Bible reshapes every language it is translated into, and it draws it closer thereby to all other languages. The present forms of the languages of Christendom owe more to the Bible than to any other single factor. Western languages in their development have had a theological restructuring and therefore are different from other languages on this ground alone. These languages give us as a result a familiar thought world. We are not total strangers to them as we would be to a language of a still unconverted people. Each language expresses a theological experience and tradition. In due time, Christian scholars will produce landmark studies in linguistics, developing precisely this aspect of language. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.